Welcome to DT Madness, Chronicles from the Third Life, Episode 11, June 9th, 2022. This is my 21st wedding anniversary edition. So glad you could make it. I know you like those uh, sound effects. I'm getting super technical here on DT Madness. Chronicles from the Third Life is the tagline. I've mentioned it a couple times, perhaps, but I kind of consider it in 20-year chunks, give or take, roughly. Um, First life being really before I met Sarah, the second life, um, up until I turned eh, 43 or 44 when I was going through some uh, issues and made some decent changes in my life uh, and began to to think about the next 20 years after we had been married 20 years. But today is 21 years, June 9th, 2001. Um, so I just wanted to uh, give you a couple of stories, nothing too um, deep here. I don't guess. I guess it is if you're 21 years in. Um, I'll say this. You know, I know about Jesus and and things like that. And so using words like saving me, um, I understand the weight of it all. But that's what happened. Sarah saved me. Um, I've mentioned a couple of times about uh, my struggles at Davidson and during that time period. Uh, But when I came back to Gardner-Webb, it wasn't like I had my junk all together. Uh, I was still struggling, going to class. Uh, I'll say, yeah, Garden Web is not quite the same as Davidson. Um, the thing that made me mad at Gardner Web was that I could not go to class and still make an A, but they had this rule about missing six courses. I still, to this day, think if I can make an A in your class and not have to go, that's your problem. I'm the one paying. But anyway, that's not what this episode's about. But I was still off track, you know. I was, I was lost. I was wandering. Um, trying to find my way. Uh, And then I met this girl, Sarah Donaldson, in in philosophy class. We were in Dr. Karskaden's philosophy class together. Um, I still think we were in Miss Bell's art class for a couple of days, but uh, perhaps I dropped out of that one. But philosophy class, we were sitting around. I think there were nine of us, and it was quite a cast of characters with the great Dr. David Karskaden, who is still my mentor, Um, to this day, I feel so enlightened and encouraged every time I even get to just share a couple of words with him. Um, but of course we needed to form a study group and, uh, we did. And so we would meet in different places and that's kind of where Sarah and I began to kick it off. Of course, because I wowed her with my dizzying intellect, um, obviously, but, uh, we, we ended up kind of our first official date. Was it to the calf? Did, did I take her to the Garden Web calf, cafeteria? Was that it? But I really think our first official date was at homecoming. And we we went to the homecoming dance and Sarah was, you know, uh, interested. And I was interested. And I, you know, look, her friend, her best friend was down from Bryan College. And she was definitely 
trying to get up on me. But um, anyway, uh, I still think that's true too. But we we did. We danced a little bit and ate a bunch of the food. And then we all piled into the Isuzu Trooper and went to Waffle House down in Gaffney, South Carolina, back when there was one of those. I mean, Waffle on one, scattered, hash browns scattered, double covered, and chunked. That was my jam. Drink all that uh, great Waffle House coffee. But we went down there. I actually rode in the way back of the trooper we we had some good times in that so it was kind of like a group date and i was definitely not sitting shotgun at this point i mean i was basically sitting in the trunk but i guess that's i had to work my way i had to work my way up we did you know that that trooper had some good times we we watched a meteor shower one night out at the gardner web soccer fields and uh, it was kind of cold, so we ended up kind of laying in the back of the Isuzu Trooper. The windows did get a little foggy, but I mean, look, y'all, we were just watching the meteor shower. That was that was it. Um, so anyway, that being what I would consider as our first date, the year after that at homecoming, I told Sarah, "All right, here's the deal. You know, here's what we're going to do." We're gonna have a. Uh, we're gonna celebrate our year of dating, our anniversary of dating together, and we're gonna have a day in the life. It, this is gonna be in the a day in the life. And so, what I did was I, I woke up and I went and I threw some bark at her window at Strap Dorm where she lived on the third floor, and uh, I got really good at that. Garden Web had some rules back then. I don't know what they had some rules about like um, when guys could go in and all this kind of stuff and. Uh, so I didn't want to have to go through the process. I would just throw the bark at her window, and I did. She came down, and we sat in our swing that we spent a ton of time in, uh, sitting in that kind of uh, what do you? I don't know what you call those swings. They're swings where two or three people, like a bench swing, um, and we would sit on that. And I would, of course, read poetry, and that's what we did uh, that particular morning of this day in the life. Um. And then I'd already had it set up after we sat and, and, and talked poetry and philosophy and things like that in the swing. We went up to the snack shop, which is a staple in Boiling Springs, North Carolina. And I'd, I'd already had them ready, uh, liver mush, egg and cheese sandwiches um, wrapped up in the tin foil that snack shop will do. They were ready to go. We picked those up and took them down to the river and had a mid-morning breakfast sitting down by the broad river again things that we would do these are all celebrations of the day and the life after that we would come back and it was homecoming and so we went to the homecoming parade and it went through the um middle of town you know and so we just watched the parade and had a good time with our friends the tradition back then was to kind of follow the parade down stadium drive into the football stadium and we we, we did that we went and watched the game my roommate chill who was mentioned in episode one of this podcast and my other roommates, uh, Jay Mar and D Brad were all playing. And so we went and we watched the game, but we didn't stay the whole time. Um, Gardner football is not like, I don't know, a super ex- anyway. Um, so what we did then was I, I took her back to, I took Sarah back to my apartment and I had two of the different rooms in there, maybe three. I I just can't remember what the third one was though. So I think maybe it was just two, but I had two of them um, decorated and one was decorated like what we called the hole. Yes, 
Michael Scott. But yes, we uh, we we called it that because there was this cave up in Boone that we would go to our friends Joy and Jeremy Berger and Sarah and I, and sometimes a couple of other people, we would take a, a trip up to Boone. We would most likely eat at McAdoo's and then we would go hiking around and we would find this cave. I, I don't know. I couldn't find it today. Sarah might be able to, but um, anyway, that, that was one because we spent a ton of time there and it was just, uh, uh, so that was the whole, the, the room. And then the other room was decorated up like, India, and I actually borrowed uh, one of my friend's Punjabi suits, and I was decked out in that. We had chai and all that kind of stuff because Sarah actually lived in India um, as working at an orphanage right after she graduated high school. So imagine that, 18 years old, she takes off and goes to work at an orphanage um, for, for almost a year, I guess a year, has just some amazing stories, really if I can get her to one of these podcast weeks will be just her telling you about her time in India. But she did, she, she worked with all those orphans and, and of course fell in love with them and cared for them so much and got malaria, you know, no big deal. And which, you know, has been an impact on her uh, ever since, but she was willing to give up. She, she had thought about going to medical school, but instead went and served, worked at an orphanage with a, with a man named Samuel Thomas, which is half of where my oldest boy gets his name from. Um, but that's Sarah, man. She's, she's the picture of sacrifice, of sacrificial love. You know, like she showed me the way of the Christ. She showed me the way. That's what I mean. Um, it's just, it's, you know, it's who she is. I actually went to India as well. Uh, for a couple of weeks on whatever you call those, a mission trip or something like that. And we went with Crossroads and I got in trouble because we were, I was definitely making out with Sarah on the train and they fussed at both of us. I didn't care, whatever. I did step in some, ele- I stepped in some elephant dung as we ride, <clears throat> as we went to ride on an elephant one time. I think we made out on top of the elephant too. I don't know. Can you say that? You made out on top of the elephant. Um, it was that man, that trip was so eye opening because it was different, like different than I had ever experienced before being in India, being in remote India. It was soul sucking being in leper colonies and things like that and passing out Walmart stickers to those little kids. I mean, golly, that was like the worst. I think that might be the most empty my soul has ever felt. Um, anyway, th- that's not where we're going on this trip, but, but India was a huge part of Sarah's life. So I had this room in the apartment set up like that. We had chai. I'm, I'm telling you, I was up in my Punjabi suit rocking it. I need to bring that back. After that, we, we went down to the Cracker Barrel because at the Cracker Barrel is, is where, uh, we would go. We even did this right after we were married. We didn't have much money. I was a part-time youth pastor. She was still a senior in college our first year of marriage. And so we would go to Cracker Barrel and split the six vegetables and then just eat all the biscuits, you know, with the, with the apple butter. And so we could get out of there, drink water. We could get out of there for like $10 and eat all the food. I'm a schedule guy. You know, I guess I didn't used to admit that. Um, I guess I've always wanted to think that I was just kind of a free spirit, but I realize now I have always been scheduling. I can do it in my mind. I'm not writing it down. 
You know, I, I know that even doing lesson plans and things like that, I'm never writing them down, but I'm constantly scheduling and planning and doing those kinds of things. And so I had this whole day mapped out and somebody showed up. I forget who it was, but one of our friends showed up at Cracker Barrel and they were wanting to talk and they were wanting to do all this kind of stuff. And I'm just getting antsy and, and edgy because, well, this is more than just the day and the life, but um, foreshadowing. We made it out of Cracker Barrel and we got back in time and we went to a production at Gardner Webb of Midsummer Night's Dream and our friends Brooke and Jeremy Berger, um, Brooke over uh, Brooke Overholt and Jeremy Berger were both in that play and, and was somebody else in there? I can't remember. Um, but we did it and you know I love Shakespeare and Midsummer Night's Dream is probably our favorite. But Sarah thought I was sick at this point because I'm sitting in my chair kind of on the edge of my seat kind of fidgeting and rocking back and forth because I'm getting really nervous y'all because well I have been holding on to this thing in my pocket all day yeah we went to the homecoming dance after that and did the stanky leg I don't know that was 2000 so maybe it was the stanky leg out I probably was doing it anyway uh, because I've always been ahead of the curve with my dance moves we did the homecoming dance for a little while, and then I took Sarah out to Lake Holifield, which is kind of a swampy pond. But we, we went out there, and we went down to this gazebo. I had my, my Jansport book bag that I still carry today. I just took it with me up to Deer Creek. But I, I had my Jansport with my massive boom box in there that took like 27 double D batteries. And so this thing's heavy. I got it all in there because it's 2000. No iPhones, none of that like that. I had a CD player and I had all those little, I think they're called tea candles. I think you'll know what I'm talking about, but there's little tiny flat candles. And I had a bunch of those. I set them all around the edge of the gazebo, lit them all. So we're, st we're standing there in the candlelight with the boombox playing Wynton Marsalis, um, the album Midnight Blues. And we're dancing, you know, dancing. I'm like, hey girl, you know, love you girl. You know, you're my life girl, whatever, you know, all my, all my smooth moves and all this kind of stuff. And so we did that. And I'm like, I'm so glad we've been together for a year. And then we walked back up towards where my, um, my car was parked. She definitely fell in love, with me, in love with me because of my Ford Escort. I believe that. But it was parked up at the bell tower. This is all before um, what is called the Tucker Center at Gardner-Webb was built. And so it's, it was all wide open. But I was like, you know what? Instead of going to the car, let's just walk on down to the Boiling Spring. We walked down to um, where the Boiling Spring is, uh, the creek down there. And um, I went and there's this leaning tree, or was. It has since fallen all the way down. They took it down. But there was this leaning tree by uh, a cement bench. And I, I sat her down on this cement bench. And I dropped down to two knees, y'all. I was so nervous and so shaky. That one knee, I don't know that I could have uh, balanced. So I dropped down two knees, pulled out the ring. Hey, girl, will you marry me? Love you. All these things. And she says, nuh-uh. And I, you know, I'm like, what? But of course, she was just so surprised. And she said, yes, Avi. And uh, the, the gamble I had taken was that I had told our group of friends. And so we had a dozen or a couple dozen people waiting back in my apartment with sparkling cider because Garden Whip. Um, and 
we, we had a little celebration after that. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll take, go ahead and go into part two, which will make part three really short and we'll do halftime after this next break. Um, but I'll jump ahead to, to the wedding day, uh, the wedding day, June 9th, again, 21 years ago, the day before was the rehearsal dinner and we got married out at the lake, um, that I just mentioned, Lake Holyfield. And the rehearsal dinner was in the clubhouse across the lake. There was a huge thunderstorm that night, but the, um, the, the, the rainbow came out after and was shining. I mean, really, it looked like it was landing right on the spot where we were going to get married. I got pictures. You know, they're like disposable camera pictures, so it's not amazing, but it still uh, kind of captures that. Uh, so we did the rehearsal dinner, and we did all that kind of stuff, and we had a party, and my job was to make the CD. And so I had some a good soundtrack going, and my friends were there, and her friends were there, and families, and we just had a good time. But then I went back after that, and I don't know what happened, if I was just like super nervous or if I had eaten something or what it was, but I definitely came down with the hives. I broke out in hives, and I was sitting in the oatmeal bath and ended up like, I guess my folks were looking for me, my friends couldn't find me and all this kind of stuff, and so ended up actually going to the emergency room that night. They gave me a shot of adrenaline, y'all, and like, I don't know. I wanted to tear the door off of the like hospital room, not because I was angry or anything like that, but just because I thought that I could, because that adrenaline was the real deal. But anyway, that all worked out, and I got home, and I got some sleep, and it was wedding day, and we, we got married at the bell tower, and it was at sunset, you know, so right around eight o'clock, the sun is setting, the bell tower's chiming, the Caroline thing, you know, was chiming the hour, and, and it was also programmed to play uh, whatever that song is, the Here Comes the Bride song that has a name. Um, Sarah came around in a horse-drawn carriage driven by our late friend, Mr. Klein Hamrick. Clippity-clop, you know, it, we weren't sure if it was going to be able to go down and up the the, the bridge that they had at the time, but it, but it did. She comes, you know, just dancing around in this horse-drawn carriage. I'm walking in with my mom and dad, walking in barefooted, because that's how I roll, long-haired, barefooted, listening, you know, Willie Nelson was playing, um, Blue Sky um, was, was, was the song that I walked down the so-called aisle to. Uh, and then when the when the horse-drawn carriage got over there, Sarah plops out, uh, just kind of jumps out. You know what I mean? Like, does this little shimmy shake. Um, and then uh, she walks down to me listening to <clears throat> the song that was playing was Louis Armstrong's What a Wonderful World, you know, classic. And I don't really remember a whole bunch. Our friend Brad Borders was the guy that um married us i don't remember a whole it's just a huge blur for me um i know that sarah sang a song to me that i did not know was coming um and that was you know that was awesome and then we you know we we did the thing we said i do and and then we were married and we had to do the picture type things but but then we went over to the uh after party where where the rehearsal dinner was the night before and had our um, had our cheesecake and, and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, it was, it was crazy, you know, now we're married. And then we went back to our house. We weren't going to leave for our honeymoon, um, until the, until the next morning, uh, we went out to San Francisco and kind of North. We saw the redwoods and, 
just were on this place called Point Reyes, which is the windiest point in the West Coast, I guess. And we stayed in this yurt and it was just really, it was really awesome. But we went back to our house. My friend Matthew had made this table that we still have as a centerpiece, centerpiece in our house. We call it the Matthew table. Uh, Sarah and I took communion on that, just t- the two of us, um, you know, the body and the blood, because that was us. Now we are a part of each other. And then we watched Princess Bride. And of course, that's all we did um, after that. Okay. So. Not too bad. That'll take us to halftime. With just a very short. Uh, all right. Just a, a little bit. Halftime here. I am pushing the wrong buttons today, and I'm not really good at editing, and I don't really care to edit at this point. I'm sorry. Um, perhaps I'll get more professional in DT Madness as we go along for my tens of listeners. But the halftime questions, I, I thought about some of these as I was driving to Indianapolis and back this past weekend. Um, if you're a by yourself, or perhaps even if you're not, and you pass a trailer that has horses or this one in particular that, you know, had goats on the back of the truck. It could be a dog. It could be whatever. If you pass something that, that has an animal on the back, do you, do you make those animal sounds as though you're talking? I did. I made the goat sound talking to that goat and then realized that maybe the best lesson ever is being taught what an animal says when you're a little kid, because then you can just speak to those things the rest of your life totally different category here is there anybody out there that doesn't foot flush i'm talking about if you're in a public bathroom if you're in a public bathroom are you are you flushing it with your hand now guys the urinals it's a little tricky to get your foot that high and so it might just be a a back of the hand flush but you know for toilets you're a foot flusher right like nobody's Nobody's just reaching out with the palm of their hand. Don't 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 tell me if if you do. Um, speak, speaking of the bathroom, another thing I realized. I guess I'm getting to be a really old man. Um, but I was up at this place. I'll talk more about this next week. Um, I'm gonna kind of spell out my whole journey uh, up to the fish shows this past weekend in Noblesville. But the place I stayed at was just amazing. But it was so quiet. And so I realized how much noise I make, like in my shower routine. And uh, just after I wash my hair, I have these, after, as I'm rinsing it out, I have this one sigh. And then after I finish drying off, I have a different kind of sigh groan, like just so glad to be having a shower. And then when I, I blow my nose, my daughter says I, I sound like a whole elephant. And I just, I never realized how much sounds and weird sounds I make even in something as common as a shower routine. And so, I mean, look, y'all, that's, that's part of being married is all the different sounds that your wife and perhaps your kids, uh, might end up making. But All right. So we were through another weird Weird halftime break, but I hope those are things that you think about. It's called DT Madness for a reason, but the first couple of things that we talked about were the day that we got, that I proposed to Sarah, and then 
a little bit about our um, marriage ceremony, our wedding ceremony. Um, and you know what? Now we're into the third life. And I mean, 21 years, that's three touchdowns. And we've, man, we've taken some amazing trips. We've driven around the country a couple of times. Um, been out west. You know, we flew to L.A. and did did Malibu and, and that kind of stuff and then drove back without stopping uh, because of my anxious and anxiety issues at the time. Um, we, we homeschooled our kids for the first little bit, and that was amazing until Sam was in sixth grade and Sydney was third and Isaac was first. Uh, we've, you know, we've waded through the muck of sickness and, and heartbreak and worry, but we've, we've celebrated with, with our friends and, you know, just had joyous times with, with them. We've, we've watched in astonishment and just all, how many words can I try to even come up with? to talk about how proud of our kids we are, you know, like I, I really haven't even cried. I've gotten close uh, with Sam and graduating and, and all of the, 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 the things that the, it's, it's the human beings that my kids are like, they teach me what it is to be human. They teach us like, and it's just this, I'm filled, you know, filled with all the feels, um, watching them grow. And I mean, now we got an 18, a 15 and a 13 year old. Um, and that's the thing. Like, I don't know. People talk about teenagers. We don't really, we don't really deal with that battle between our teenagers. Like I, I hear other stories. I, you know, Isaac and Sydney got mad at each other a little bit yesterday because they were trying to come up with a cheesecake to make, um, for us uh, for our anniversary tonight but they just got you know can you make one without cream cheese and it still tastes good or can you make one without cream cheese and who's right and who's wrong but then they they're laughing about it already so i don't know i mean teenage angst doesn't quite seem to be the thing that they that they deal with but man y'all like this covid thing has been really hard and the lockdowns that you know, I hope never happening, you know, at least in our lifetimes, I hope that, you know, and, and, but the sickness and the kind of constant specter of, of sickness and, and death and just all of the things that are involved in that, plus this, this constant pressure and comparison and expectation that is, isn't that we don't, I don't think we place on our kids we really try not to but it's tough it's been really tough trying to be married together and a parent together during these past couple of years and so i don't you know i love telling stories and i love posting things on instagram and all this kind of stuff and our lives are blessed beyond measure but it's hard it's tough Sometimes we, we, we go through different cycles and phases because I honestly think that for, for the past couple of years, we've really just focused so much on being good parents that it's, it takes a lot of energy. Um, 
So, you know, I, I guess I mean that as an encouragement for any of you out there who feel like you might, you know, um, but you don't quite have the same buzz that you had when you first got married. Love is different than that. You know, it's, there's a lot of different forms, you know, a lot of different varieties to, to love. I mean, more than are on a unit circle. Am I right, Sid? And so keep, keep pressing on. Um, but anyway, I, I, I'll, I'll wrap it up with this. You know, we, um, I talked about Naked Hill a couple of episodes ago and it, it was that night. It was in, I think it was in February. I had gone to see fish at Big Cypress, which is the last time I'd seen them before. I just went this past weekend, over 8,000 days. But, um, man, that took took me for a spin, that particular concert. But also, like, that, that was the time when Sarah and I were starting to get real. And I was, man, commitment and, like, trust. And, you know, does someone love me because I am? And not for anything that I do or that I haven't done, you know, that was really hard for me. That was really hard for me even a couple of years into our marriage and like realizing and accepting that Sarah loved me just because I am, just because I exist was the greatest realization probably in my life. Um, but I was doing my, my level best to push her away, but she, she stayed and we had some really, uh, rough months there after the, the Y2K deal. Um, we love cheesecake and cheesecake was one of the themes from the fish show at big Cypress. If, if you know, you know, but maybe you don't, but anyway, I, I made a cheesecake jello baked. Jello no bake, which is the best kind, except for maybe Jane's. I, I know, but and and kind of gave that to Sarah as a as a peace offering, so to speak, and and an acceptance of okay, let's let's do this. Uh, I don't know. I've never actually thought about trying to put that into words, and that was twenty two years ago. So, um, but that was the night I also sledded down the hill for $10. But, um, so cheesecake was our, was our wedding cake. And I, you know, her, Sarah's late grandfather, um, Glenn actually took a piece of it before, before we did, there was a piece missing, you know, out of the, out of the cake before we took it, but just in it's who Sarah is. It's who we are. Those kinds of things don't, they don't ruffle us, you know, we, we love that memory. We loved it at the time. Um, and so we, we did eat the cheesecake. Uh, I'm just going to close with this um, from Sturgill. And I'll, I'll sanitize the lyrics a little bit so I don't have to put the little E on my podcast. But happy anniversary, you know, to my bride. And Sturgill sings this in a song called Oh Sarah, which, of course is my bride's name. So forgive me if sometimes I seem a little crazy, 
But God dang, sometimes crazy is how I feel. And my brain starts to swirl down the drain of this old world. And there's only one thing, girl, I know is real. It's the love that I feel in your arms. It's the glow you wear around you like a charm. It's the tender in your eyes that keeps me safe and warm at night from this life. Sometimes this life feels like a big old dream. I'm floating around on a cloud inside. But I'm glad to be floating with you. So happy anniversary to my wife. 21 years, y'all. Be back next week with a little fish story, fish story. This episode is brought to you by the Church of Six, by the Bucket of Life, by the Foundation Tower of Stone, by the Magic Rock, and by the Wall of Belief that I keep pressuring my kids to go ahead and get started on. Cheesecake. Peace, my friends.